Your organization is alive. You're not a machine, you're a living system. I'm Paul Miller and welcome to The Nature of Work, where we explore the people, practices and organizations who are bringing a new story of work to life. This podcast is hosted by myself and Shimreet James and is based on the book Nature of Work, A New Story of Work for a Living Age, written by myself and Shimreet and is produced by the Digital Workplace Group. For more information about the Nature of Work book, visit natureofwork.com. And if you'd like to bring this new story of work alive in your company, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. Looking at our studio as a living organism, uh, you know, that makes sense to me because, as you said, you know, for talent development or growth and development, that's literally what we're doing all day. We're talking, Danielle and I both, for, you know, different conversations with different people or different groups, but we see how um, our communities thrive through these relationships and that interconnectivity that is about uh, nurturing and caring for this this community. You know, for, for a long time, I think the people that had the opportunity to tell stories, it was a it was a smaller community, right? And so, a lot of the work that we're doing now is broadening um, who gets the opportunity to tell their story. We know that representation matters. We know that owning your own narrative is really important. And so that's a lot of the work that we're doing now is thinking about all of um, the different kinds of stories that can be told when you when you broaden the scope <laughs> or when you kind of share the room, share the air, share the space with um, other folks that maybe didn't have um, that opportunity before. So we had uh, two great guests here today, Shim. We had... Danielle O'Hare, who is the Director of Global Talent Development at Lucasfilm, the company that George Lucas founded, uh, and also ILM, which is another uh, studio, and also Tracy Campbell. Uh, Tracy is the Director of Production, Training and Development at Walt Disney Animation Studios, and, and they both work together. Danielle's role is talent development, strategy, leadership. They've got offices in San Francisco, London, Vancouver, Singapore and Sydney. And Tracy's responsible for uh, the development, Nine hundred more than 900 artists, technologists, managers um, in Disney animation and uh, is involved with the whole leadership and outreach program. So you... Asked some fantastic questions during this interview, Shim. Not that you don't normally, but um, what what's what struck you from from this conversation? How excited were you to speak with someone from Lucasfilm and Walt Disney <laughs> Animation? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I was excited. Probably not as excited as you were. Oh, that's probably but, true. Um, but yeah, go on. Go on. I, it's just that I think Walt Disney Animations and then and then also obviously Star Wars have um, they have big impacts on you I think as you're growing up and as you so it's it's just really exciting to get kind of like a sneak peek behind the curtain and to see how they work together that was really exciting. So I mean, maybe you're ex- more excited because <laughs> you 
I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, because I, I've watched a lot of films, so I should be. I should be. Ex- I was excited and and really um, fascinated. One thing that I really that kind of stayed with me was the whole. Um, I mean, Walt Disney as a film, it's roots, um, a hundred years old, probably more. Uh, in fact, you know, the story of the roots of Walt Disney is, is even in a film itself. So, and then the George Lucas founding Lucas film in order to make Star Wars, which, you know, is such a, well, iconic doesn't really quite do it justice, does it? And, and I love that 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 story about roots but also the way that the roots of the organization are reaching out into the content so when they're making films that then reflect different cultures tribes indigenous groups that they that they're reaching out into the roots of those communities as well and it's kind of it probably takes more time, harder work, all those sort of things, but clearly is really important to them. Mm, I think that really struck me as well. The the whole idea of from roots to regeneration story, which I think we're starting to see emerge as a pattern in some of the organisations that we're speaking to, like um, like Stella McCartney, for example. It's that idea that they have a really strong identity of who they are and how they started, and that informs who they are today. But it doesn't, it doesn't stay still. They regenerate and they look at what do we need to do to make sure we don't die out and become extinct. And I think for both organisations, it sounds like increasing the diversity of the stories they tell, the people they connect with, the people they reflect, and their own talent is really important for that. And I think that that biodiversity element is really crucial um, if we're thinking about what stories get told and what stories don't get told. Hmm. Yeah, and, and I think maybe one of the reasons why no one organisation, if you like, excites me more than another is that if I think of somebody like JCB who make um, diggers and tractors and so on, you might think that JCB is less of a living system than Lucasfilm because Lucasfilm is creative, artists, animators, etc. But but actually they all com- they both comprise people, um, tools of work, and so on. And and in my mind, there's not one's not necessarily fundamentally more alive than the other. One might have more opportunity, more obviously to express it, but but I th- I think they're uh, in my mind they're 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 both you know uh, alive, which is perhaps why I kind of am as, as intrigued by you know JCB as I would be with with Lucasfilm. Um, up to a point. In fact, um, Daniel O'Hare, just to kind of remind people who are listening, uh, Lucasfilm is is appearing as a headliner at Nature of Work Live, which is our three-day Nature of Work event that's happening online on the 2nd, 3rd and 4th of November uh, 2021. She's talking about what happens when creativity and technology collide. Um so not only can you listen to her here, but you'll also be able to listen to her live uh, being interviewed. Um, she is being interviewed by somebody who's equally kind of not quite starstruck, but 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 um, a little bit. Um, K- 
Kevin Olb, who's in, in DWG, who I know is a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Um, but Star Wars is not your kind of, is that, is that one of your favourite films or you're more Matrix, aren't you? <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, Matrix had a bigger impact on me growing up than Star Wars. But um, I think having come to Star Wars a little bit late, we were talking about representation, seeing um, some of the newer characters come forward and seeing that kind of strong female character emerge was, is something that's always exciting. Yeah, and I love what you said about um, how you put it was that that the stories um, that they're telling not only reflect the truth and reality of what exists, but they have the capacity to create new sort of future stories, new future realities. And that's sort of what we're doing in the book or hoping, trying to do in the book, which is, A, say you already are alive as an organisation, but also if you start to experience yourself as alive, new stories of work will emerge. So new levels of understanding of what health means across your organisation. So there's a bit of a parallel there, isn't there? Yeah, that's the beauty of sci-fi and fantasy, I think. And I think um, I remember a colleague of ours, El Vargas, saying on one of our events a few years ago that we all need to be science fiction writers um, if we want to change the world of work. Mm. So maybe that can be our next book. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, <laughs> shall we listen to uh, Danielle and Tracy? Yes, let's do it. This is uh, a really enjoyable episode to record because everybody loves film. Um, Certainly I do. Um, So can we start by just having you each describe your roles uh, and perhaps a sense of the culture of your, um, what I'll call iconic creative organisations? Maybe start um, with you, Tracy. Sure. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Um, I am part of Walt Disney Animation Studios, which, as you mentioned, is a company that's uh, an entity that's been around a long time. Uh, My role is primarily around the training of our artists. I'm the director of production, training and development. And during the pandemic, I've added, uh, added outreach to what I do, which I can speak to a little bit later. We focus on the tools and technology as well as art, filmmaking, and storytelling that our artists and uh, other supportive structures need to do to produce our films. Uh, Up until recently, we've focused on feature-length films, and in the last couple of years, we've expanded and now are involved in shorter-form content in support of our streaming service, Disney+. Plus. So I've been with Disney Animation for 12 years with the company for 16, and every day is different. (laughs) So uh, it's one of the things I really love about my job, that it's um, a different topic, a different knowledge search every day. So uh, it's uh, being part of creating those timeless stories that can outlive us all is uh, rewarding for me. Hmm. And and how would you describe the culture of Walt Disney Animation? Well, our culture is rooted in animation for an enormous company with so many different brands. Um, the origin story of our company is around animation. So that gives us a unique position in our culture. 
to be that flag bearer, if you will, innovation is one of the founding principles. And I am constantly um, working to leverage the past for moving forward in the future. So how do we take our um, nearly 100-year legacy and um, stay modern and progressive and innovative in creating our stories. So that's a, a important part of our culture. Um, a lot of our identity was wrapped around uh, working together as a collaborative art form. It's much more collaborative than live action. Many more people are involved in the concept and the development of an animated film, mm. and that's a strong part of our culture. Great, thank you. Um, and Danielle, could you just describe your role at Lucasfilm and ILM and um, what what you do as uh, Director of Global Talent Development and, um, and, 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 and how would you describe the culture of Lucasfilm and any, maybe any differences between Lucasfilm and, and, and Disney Animation? Yeah, sure. And again, thanks for thanks for having us. Um, so yeah, my role is, is quite similar to Tracy. We, I, we always kind of consider ourselves peers or counterparts. But my world is Lucasfilm and Industrial Light and Magic. And as Director of Talent Development, my responsibility is all about training and education for our employee base. So um, Tracy mentioned artists. We also have an artist population. Those are the folks that create the imagery that end up going on the screen and primarily they're focused on our visual effects um, business. But in addition, we offer training, development, education, learning opportunities for all of our employees. And our employee base is global. So I sit in San Francisco, but we have studios in London, Vancouver, Singapore, and Sydney, Australia. And then I also work really closely with counterparts in uh, in Burbank. And so, you know, that that's part of my job I actually really love is getting to work and partner with people that, that are all over the world. And we also have a really international employee population. So even in one particular studio, you know, often we have dozens of of countries and languages represented, which is also something about my job that I really love. Um, And if I had to speak about the culture of Lucasfilm and ILM, in many ways, we share uh, similarities with, with Disney Animation and Tracy's world, certainly in terms of an appreciation for storytelling and an appreciation for the art. I will say we had a pretty unique beginning in that we were started as a private company. We were started by George Lucas so he could make Star Wars. And also what's kind of interesting is, uh, you know, George Lucas left Hollywood intentionally to start these companies and make his films. And he moved, he left Southern California and he moved to Northern California. And that was a real intentional move so that he could be in a creative space without the restrictions of at that time, you know, in the seventies, there was sort of like a pretty oppressive studio system that was in place. And, and George like intentionally rejected that. So I think that spirit of rebellion is really still a huge part of our culture as well as being innovative, just pushing to always, um, uh, we always say do the impossible, you know, especially again in the world of visual effects, we're always being asked to create something that no one's ever seen before, which can, it's really hard to do over and over and over again. 
and yet that's something that we're asked to do. So I think there's a sense of um, you know doing what some you know folks have never done before, and also a real sense of legacy because we haven't been around for a hundred years like uh, Tracy's organization, but we've been around for about fifty. And so, especially in this day and age when so many companies are, um, especially where we're based in Northern California, you know, where um, Silicon Valley and startups are the name of the game, to have to be at a company that's been around for fifty years is quite. Uh, is quite notable and it's something that really speaks to our culture. There are already so many different threads that I want to pick up on just in in the introduction that you've both given. Um, I think one of the things that really struck me was both organisations have this this blending of art and technology or art and science, um, which I think often gets separated as if they're two different things, but actually they're they're blended together in such a interesting, creative, innovative way within both organisations. Um, and I think we probably need to see more of that um, across across the world of work. And the other thing that really struck me was almost this idea of from roots to regeneration. Um, both organisations have such strong identity and affiliation with how you started and those that kind of origin story that you mentioned, Tracy. Um, with Walt Disney on your side and with George Lucas on yours, Danielle, but also how you have these rich cultures of innovation um, and trying to keep things fresh. And to us, when we think about nature of work and the elements that we talk about, one of them is roots, so who you are, and then another is regeneration. How do you continually regenerate and refresh your organisation so that it doesn't become stale? Um, And I'd be really interested to hear how those ideas and kind of the the metaphor of the forest that we talk about so much in nature of work um what does that mean in your own organizations so you're both rich storytellers in the work that you do and so tracy if we maybe start with you what does that metaphor of a forest and that story of a forest how does that translate to the world of Walt Disney animation well you know I have thought about that when I was looking at the living system and uh, you know as you mentioned we do talk about our roots all the time and in the animation industry Disney animation is somewhat unique in the sense that we are a vertical studio this means that all aspects of our production pipeline are under our roof our virtual roof right now but under one roof. Many companies in the industry um, outsource the actual production of the work. Um, in our case, everyone's in our building. It's it's one of our uh, found, foundational principles that we all work together to bring that art and technology together and all the related aspects of, of the work are, I think, maybe the trees and the studio itself is that overarching network of trees that builds this ecosystem so there are different films different departments but all the all the elements are growing strong together with a solid foundation that that brings us to the next project and um, some are old old as we are and some are brand new so it, it does, I like the regeneration word because I think that is part of what we're trying to do right now is continue to reinvent ourselves for the changing industry. So, uh, well, I'd just like to ask you the same question, um, Danielle, um, from a Lucasfilm um, stand. Um, 
I mean, we talk about the metaphor of the forest. We talk about the living system. Um, how does that? Um, how's that reflected in in Lucasfilm? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think um, you know the the ultimately what we're doing at the end of the day is we're we're making movies, we're telling stories, and that is inherently a collaborative process. And so, what that means is that it requires a bunch of different experts coming together to share what they know and um, kind of elevate the team that way. So when I think about how that applies to the world of the forest, I actually, have, are you familiar with Suzanne Simard? I'm not, no. She, she wrote a book. She's a, uh, a, a professor and a, a researcher in, in British Columbia. And she, she wrote a book recently about the forest. And then it was quoted on Ted Lasso. So All then right. she got really famous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can look you look it up. But uh, she so her work talks about how the forest really works together, and she and and also how she sort of countered this idea previously, where as an example, I think the previous notion was that like trees compete for light. Um, when it turns out her research shows that they actually trees work together to share the sunlight. Um, and that, of course, is what the metaphor that was used in Ted Lasso. But I actually think that totally is applicable to, to our culture at Lucasfilm and ILM because we are all about sharing and helping each other. And knowledge sharing in particular is a space and where uh, it's highly valued and it's something that people are rewarded for and it's, and it's, it's something that's really important for us is to share your knowledge. So of course, being in the learning space, that makes my job really easy because everyone is just so willing to share what they know. Everyone's generous and open with their knowledge. Um, and, you know, I've heard maybe in some other working environments, knowledge can be something that isn't shared because it, it sort of, it gives you a competitive advantage, right? If you know something that somebody else doesn't, you keep that for yourself and it's going to help you Excel, but that is the opposite of our philosophy at Lucasfilm and ILM. We are all about knowledge sharing and helping each other, so that we all uh, grow and rise together. Yeah, and I I realized that while I didn't recognize the name Suzanne Simard, I do know the book Finding the Mother Tree, and I yes, I, and was familiar with that. And 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 also, there's another book that's somewhat similar that we quote. In, in our book, which was the hidden life of trees, and I, and and it feels to me like, and what you said sort of reminds me of this that there's an awful, obviously, as a as a species, we're becoming um, rightly obsessed by trees for a whole range of different reasons, and some of it's if you like, you might think of as climatic or scientific. Let's plant more trees. Let's grow more trees. Let's 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 kind of heal the planet. But then I think people are picking up as you are hearing in what you're saying about your organizations on the ideas that our relationship with trees is not simply a, a an exchange of resources that, that we breathe out um, carbon monoxide and, and, and they breathe out carbon dioxide. There's actually, there's a something a lot more visceral. And I think, you know, particularly when I think of Walt Disney animations over my lifetime, the role, the place that nature has placed in that and the way that it kind of engenders a love of nature and a love of that uh, experience and, the and, you know, the role of the forest inside Walt Disney films is so kind of um, strong. Um, I, 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 but um, 
just kind of thinking about this, um, do you think, perhaps not overtly in, in, inside Lucasfilm, about the the thinking of yourself as a forest or as a collection of of of, of trees? Because I think we've been through a period where people were seen in a mechanistic, um, and to some extent that's true in so many organisations still. Uh, but to what extent does the the idea of the connection between the different parts of your organisation, organism, come out? And have you got any examples of where that's that's happened, maybe during the pandemic? Certainly during the pandemic, you know, shifting to working from home, that has been a huge challenge, but also I've been really... We were so, I was so excited and impressed with how quickly we were able to, to make that change, you know, with our uh, technology and security teams helping everyone really shift into working from home. That's been uh, quite impressive. So within a couple of days, we, we had really shifted completely how we were working. Something I've mentioned earlier is the fact that we are a global company. So I already was spending a lot of my time, you know, exchanging and interacting with people that I wasn't physically sharing a space with. And so one interesting shift for us is because everyone all of a sudden was working from home in some ways, it kind of leveled the playing field and made everybody feel um, there was actually some equality happening in terms of people's experiences. So rather than having a group of people in a building and or in an office or in a meeting and one or two people calling in, all of a sudden we were all calling in and that really shifted the dynamic, um, you know, in terms of making everyone feel like they were kind of strangely having the similar a similar experience, even though everyone was doing it from home and digitally. I'd say the other big shift that happened for us is that all of a sudden we had the ability to, to interact and, and, um, and connect with leadership in a way that we had never done previously, where our leaders were getting on, you know, kind of weekly calls with the entire company and were there just to share information and to, to be there to answer questions. And previously, you know, to pull off a company meeting, it would have been a big undertaking that we would have done, you know, very thoughtfully over, you know, a, you know, and we've done it kind of a few times a year, all of a sudden we really shifted to this kind of informal and organic way of communicating that was happening, you know, with much greater frequency. And again, because we were all just calling in, there was something about it that made it feel, um, it made our, it made our leadership feel much more accessible. And there was a strange kind of, uh, you know, digital connection that happened through that through that shift. I just wanted to pick up on, on that idea and also what you were talking about, the strength of the knowledge sharing culture. Um, and to bring roots in, again, um, we know that within forests that trees are connected through their root system, through this fungal network. And through that, they share resources. They share if there's a threat, they're able to communicate to each other via that system. And I know that both of you are so heavily involved that your roles are talent development um, and how that gets shared and how people connect and share their knowledge across the, the organisation. And so, Tracy, I'd be really interested in hearing how this idea of the living system and the system that you mentioned, how does that impact the work that you do with training artists and how does that kind of living system manifest in your role and how might that change in the future? as well well I, I focusing on the living system p 
piece, one of the easy parallels for me is that the handbook of animation itself is a book written in 1981 called The Illusion of Life uh, by Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson, who are two of the founding nine old men of the early days of Disney animation, which you may not know that expression, but this group of artists that worked with Walt Mm. um, were the the beginning of Disney animation. And 40 years later, this does drive our learning and understanding about the natural life as a way of informing the magical or fantastical worlds we create. So all of our um, learning and content, we're always trying to go to the real, the root, the reality of a particular uh, skill or environment or, or uh, profession and then build from that into our stories, uh, you know, the magical or fantasy. So looking at our studio as a living organism, uh, you know, that makes sense to me because as you said, you know, for talent development or growth and development, that's literally what we're doing all day. We're talking, Danielle and I both for, you know, different conversations with different people or different groups, but we see how, um, our communities thrive through these relationships and that interconnectivity that is about uh, nurturing and caring for this, this community. Um, I think that that's been one of the biggest learnings uh, from the pandemic is, you know, the work stayed the work. We were actually more productive since we've been at home, more projects, but less connectivity with the humans, and that is of uh, primary importance moving forward. Um, Danielle has more experience than I do working with virtual uh, communities. Uh, Disney Animation has been 100% in Burbank, California for quite a while, 10, 15 years. And we will be opening a Vancouver studio this summer. And... Uh, regardless of that new studio, our Burbank studio is going to be hybrid moving forward. So how do we bring everyone together and create that living system with uh, people all over the place? That's my one of my biggest goals. And I have killed plants before, but I'm hoping <laughs> I'm hoping I can do a better job with uh, a healthy habitat for our our people. I am also a plant killer, I'm ashamed to say. Um, yeah. I It really struck me, the idea of these, the two, uh, the book called, I've written it down, The Illusion of Life, and how the kind of ancestry of the organisation has been passed down from generation to generation and the learning from it. Um, but what's interesting as well is the, the fact that you, you mentioned habitats, the idea that the studio historically is in person and I know that that can impact learning the idea of social learning we see in animals we see in ourselves the way that we learn by observing by copying by by that social element and I wonder as you shift to hybrid will the learning model how will the learning model have to shift to reflect that the shift has happened <laughs> we're here we're the future is now so we're in that moment and yeah i think this next phase of um some people being in a studio some people being at home some people being on set you know that's that's going to be our new normal um 
I think for us, one of the biggest takeaways that we've learned so far is that we have to be much more intentional about the way that we connect. Previously, you know, it was you could walk down the hallway and bump into somebody or you might bump into them at the in the kitchen when you're getting a cup of coffee and ask what they're working on or even just turning to your neighbor and saying, oh, what, what's that? I haven't seen that before. So there was a, you know, sort of a, an organic, if you like, way of knowledge sharing that um, wasn't the only way that we shared knowledge. Obviously, we had more formal systems for doing that, but there was this sort of informal, casual way that you could easily um, get knowledge when you were sharing a space. So that, I think, is the biggest piece that has shifted for us, and we've had to become really intentional and you know, in some ways, kind of formalizing some of those things that we either took for granted before or were just informal. And so, yeah, so that that's that's sort of the biggest takeaway for us is kind of formalizing some of those processes and practices that happened naturally. But at the same time, as I mentioned before, I think one of the be- major benefits is um, the fact that this, the experience is much more similar for everyone now. You know, even even when you're in the office, if you happened to you know be seated next to um, someone who was working on a super cool project or who was trying to solve this really new and interesting problem, you know, that was sort of a, a casual proximity that that gave you the opportunity to get that knowledge. Now, you know, everyone has that opportunity, if you like. You know, we certainly have tools and technology that support our knowledge sharing. And we've also just had to be more intentional about when and how we connect. Yeah, that intentionality is so important now as it's kind of the shift to a more working out loud model where you're using your digital habitats to to show what you're doing and what you're working on and allowing yourself to be discoverable. Um, and Tracy, I wonder how, how are your plans changing as things shift to hybrid as well? Well, you know, everything Danielle mentioned has certainly been part of our learning this last year and a half. You know, that intentionality um, has has caused our schedules and our days to be, I, I, I want to say, 99% business focused. So we've lost that spontaneity or the casual um, connectivity that brought disparate teams together. So now our, our time is really focused on, on our uh, immediate team, not the larger ecosystem of the studio. Um, There have been some pluses around that um, in terms of focus and bonding, if you will. So the teams that are spending a lot of time together have been incredibly productive. That's been a real benefit for us in the front end of our development process or that early growth, if you will, of development and story development, um, overall development. How do we keep that as we start returning back to work next year? You know, how do we keep the focus and and um, bonding where it's most valuable and also addressing the people who aren't feeling as connected? So I, I, I'm not exactly sure what that looks like. We're still trying to determine who's working from home and who's returning to the office. So that's a continuing conversation, but really the ultimate goal is what's healthiest and best and collaborative for our studio. So it's, it's big questions right now. Mm. Yeah. And both, I mean, both your organizations are, are such creative and human 
organizations in the coming years i mean i mean the pandemic has fundamentally changed patterns of work and i think nobody really knows i mean everybody's talking about hybrid working like it's a thing it isn't it's just a sort of word in a way that's used for it's not like it used to be and it's a bit different but we're not quite sure what it is at the moment and so there are going to be lots of creative opportunities um in this i just wondered what you feel where might those creative and human opportunities be for your organizations as we move as we see it from the uh, mechanistic to the living age um maybe you could um, answer that tracy first uh well, one of the things that you've we've all touched on is how do we bring people more together than this past year and a half has has brought us. So I think that that is involved in inviting new voices into the conversations in the rooms and how we tell our stories. We're deepening those practices where before they were more um, serendipitous and now they're more intentional. We've touched on intention, but bringing more connectivity, more uh, interaction between our groups, especially our newer voices, different people in the creation of our stories, and then really owning the impact of our stories on the next generation, on people's viewpoints and how we can influence and help shape new views. We are putting much more emphasis on that than we ever did or, or more overtly before it was it, before it was a, uh, a byproduct of what we were doing. And now I feel like it's much more at the forefront. Could, could you give me an example of that? Because it sounds really intriguing. Well, over our last couple of films, uh, Moana most specifically and Frozen and Frozen 2, we've developed a community trust of representatives of the cultures that are influencing these films. So where all for a hundred years, as Danielle mentioned earlier, we've always looked for knowledge experts. We, we have always brought in consultants, but what we've done in the last few years is developed a much more robust and influential group of external experts who represent the culture to help shape those stories. So we're really telling the story they want to see rather than as interpreted by us. I mean, there's still a, there's still a storytelling ownership that Disney animation will always be responsible for, but now there's many more voices in the room. Yeah. Okay. That's no, that's, that's great. And Daniela, how would you re, respond to the to, to the same question about the if you like these creative human opportunities um in the coming years we have a major focus on diversity inclusion and belonging just like tracy was speaking around um in terms of thinking about representation looking at our employee population looking at our audience and making sure those two worlds are reflect each other right um that's a really big focus for us we also have very active employee resource groups which are communities of employees coming together that um, share a particular culture or um, are from a similar community or have an affinity those groups have, are coming together and that's really helping us um, build an, a very inclusive working environment 
And also we have an opportunity to bring those, the voices in from our employee resource groups. As Tracy was mentioning, they are coming into conversations around, um, you know, what creative folks are we collaborating with? What stories are we telling? How are we telling these stories? Are, you know, are we really being deeply thoughtful about diversity, inclusion, and belonging? So that is a major focus for us now and, and will be, um, you know, it's a fundamental a part of our of our culture. Representation is, is so important and it's so wonderful to hear the work that both studios are doing in building out the kind of diversity muscle. I was reading a book this morning um, about strength for women and the story is about how as a girl you very rarely see representation of what physical strength looks like amongst women and the diverse ways that that manifests and how once you start seeing different types of body illustrating different types of strength the art of the possible is becomes known to you as a woman as a female um isn't used to being in that space and i know that with diversity oh, yeah oh no i was just gonna say i mean i think you know both uh, in the work that um you know is done at animation as well as 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 within lucasfilm we we uh uh, certainly animation has countless examples of, you know, showing um, women, strong women. And I think, you know, for us at Lucasfilm, it would probably be Ray is the sort of the, you know, the more modern character that has really, um, you know, has uh, had an impact, um, you know, with young girls, which is, has, it's, it's so exciting to see when that happens. And, um, you know, it's something that we, we take very seriously and are very thoughtful about. Yeah. I love the moment where Ray bats away the hand while she's running with Finn and she's like, I don't need you to hold my hand. That felt like such a powerful moment. Um, Tracy, totally. sorry, you were going to say something. Well, I was going to say we have a character in our upcoming film, Encanto, that comes out uh, in November. And some sneak peeks, you know, in the trailer out on the internet have really sparked a lot of conversation. The character's name is Louisa, and she is uh, physically very strong strong and a very different body type than uh, we usually see in animated uh, characters. So that that's, as Danielle mentioned, we it's an important part of what we're doing and owning the impact that our characters are going to have on girls and boys about uh, developing their views on uh, gender is an important part of our drivers. And Louisa is a a wonderful character to add to the pantheon it's fantastic and i i loved what you said tracy as well about the fact that the representatives from different cultures are being brought in to share their experience and expertise to influence stories because i think as we were just sharing stories stories reflect real life but they also show the art of the possible they have that dual effect of um of, of that role and one of the things we do in the book is talk about the new story of work for a living age we say that the stories that many of us grew up with about what work is and what it can be is quite oppressive quite um, industrial quite mechanistic and actually is there a new story that we can tell that is influenced by nature and I wonder are there lessons about the way that Lucasfilms and ILM and then Walt Disney uh, animation how the work that's being done to craft new stories and find new stories that we can bring into the work that we're doing around crafting that new story of what work can be. Um, maybe starting with you, Danielle. I mean, I think it's sort of what we've been talking about, this idea of, um, 
you know, for, for a long time, I think the people that had the opportunity to tell stories, it was a it was a smaller community, right? And so a lot of the work that we're doing now is broadening um, who gets the opportunity to tell their story. We know that representation matters. We know that owning your own narrative is really important. And so that's a lot of the work that we're doing now is thinking about all of um, the different kinds of stories that can be told when you when you broaden the scope <laughs> or when you kind of share the room, share the air, share the space with um, other folks that maybe didn't have um, that opportunity before. So that's required us to really rethink, you know, how we hire folks, like where do we go to even um, to, to connect with the next generation of people that are coming into our industry. And it's also made us really rethink um you know, who do we partner with? Um, you know, what a, what amazing storytellers are, are out there that we want to be working more closely with, even in um, visual effects. So, you know, I've been talking more about kind of about Lucasfilm and Star Wars storytelling, but even within visual effects, which, you know, we have the opportunity to connect with creators all from all different parts of um, the world and the industry. It's, it's really been fun and, um, you know, just even to see how the kind of work that we're doing is shifting and changing. And I, I think in part, the, uh, the, that's this moment that we're in. And, you know, Tracy mentioned Disney Plus and streaming, but the volume of content that's out there has really shifted. You know, like Tracy was saying, we used to work kind of on, you know, a handful of large feature films every year. Now there's such a, um, a, a wonderful um mix of different kinds of stories that we're telling in different kinds of mediums as well. So, um, you know, we do work on films, but we also work on episodic content. We work on AR, VR, immersive entertainment experiences. We work on, um, you know, rides that, that you might experience at Disneyland <laughs> because there's a storytelling and a visual storytelling component to that work. So the, the way in which we're able to tell our stories has really shifted and then the folks that we are partnering with to tell those stories has also really expanded. And that um, that is really exciting. And that's the kind of stuff that, uh, you know, gets me up in the morning, jumping out of bed in the morning to go to work because all of those kinds of opportunities and the way that, um, you know, the, 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 all the different kinds of voices that are in the room now, it's really inspiring and exciting. Yeah, I mean, and um, just to kind of try and uh, answer that question you asked as well, um, Shim, about the the way that these stories can affect the world of work. I think you know, just picking up this idea of um, of a broader range of female um, role models and body types and voices. I, I I think, for instance, I can imagine. I mean, you you can imagine women wanting to go into different roles and different um, aspects of work. I mean, we've had some people in our home doing the roofing and um, a couple of them are female. I don't think that was probably the case, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago. Presumably there's kind of role models behind that. And um, so I think that's um, probably just one aspect of it. Can I just ask you both, uh, just to close, and we could keep on talking forever, I think. Um, anything you'd like to, to add um, just before we come to a, to come to a close, Tracy? I, well, first, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity to look at our work in a unique way. Uh, we've all been working at a light speed uh, this 
past year or so. And it, it is good for us to take a moment and really think deeply about it. I, I, one of the things that I'm excited about moving forward is the larger Walt Disney Company as as an enormous ecosystem and how we all contribute to that and and are coming together more. So um, the ease of connecting virtually, which is not insignificant, has really allowed a lot of us to spend more time together. Danielle and I are a good example of that. You know, how do we bring our our experiences to the the work itself and how do we uh, develop best practices but leveraging the enormity of our company in an in a goal of inclusion is is very present right now and that's really exciting to me because it's about our employees it's about our product it's about our audiences it's about the world and I am really excited and truly honored to be part of that. So that's that's a that's a excellent aspect of our work to nurture the growth and development of our people and our company and our work. So I'm excited about that. Great, thank you. And uh, Danielle, any final uh, thoughts or anything you'd like to share just before we end? Yeah, just to echo what Tracy said, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, Lucasfilm and Island became a part of the Disney company a few years back now. <laughs> and um, and it's just so wonderful. So Tracy and I, you know, we're colleagues, we're peers, but we get to really share and work more closely together. And we have the opportunity to really learn from each other. And I think, you know, Tracy was speaking about that broader um, Disney ecosystem. She and I are both a part of that and our and our communities are both a part of that. And so, you know, the, what we know, the, the, the more you can um, broaden who you're connecting with and, and, and learning from, um, you know, that just enhances your daily working life. So, um, you know, I always learn something new when I talk to Tracy. <laughs> it's a real, <laughs> it's a real pleasure um, to, to have a partner Aww. with Tracy. Likewise. Likewise. And it just occurred to me that in a way, the, the pre-pandemic way of working, which was a lot more in-person, is also quite um, exclusive and can be somewhat isolating because there's a lot of people, you know, as you say, your organizations have been able to, um, your studios have been able to connect. And I've heard this from other people that actually we've created new networks. And as we go back into more in-person again and and use and and enjoy the aspects of that, that that simply can't be replaced, you know, to kind of keep those those networks, those pathways fresh. Um, thank you so much both of you for for joining us today thank you for having us excited to be here more yes thank you so much it's been uh it's been wonderful speaking with you both The Nature Work Podcast is produced by the Digital Workplace Group, a strategic partner and boutique consultancy supporting more than 100 leading organizations to advance their digital workplaces. For more information, visit digitalworkplacegroup.com. This is Paul Miller wishing you well until next time.